Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Gramling. And I'm Connor Orr. What's up, Gary? We have an incredibly important show today. Uh, a lot of gravity, a lot of weight to this show. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're pretty hot. I don't want to oversell it, but uh, I guess like picture the moon landing. If instead of Neil <laughs> Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, it was like Ed Sullivan and the Beatles landing on the moon. I think that's about what that this show is going to be uh as far as a comp goes do you remember uh well you're a little bit older than i am um yeah. do you remember linda ellerby no she had the nickelodeon uh news show that came on kind of like at nighttime uh after um nick news with linda ellerby okay yeah. i didn't know that was a thing yeah, Nick News with Linda Ellerbee. Um, it came on, like, I think it was, like, after Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, like, after kind of the powerhouse Friday lineup, mm -hmm. um, she would come on. And she's an accomplished journalist. I think she was with NBC forever. She had a really, you know. Um, and not to say that Nickelodeon is not an accomplished thing. I think it's a very cool thing to want to explain news to kids. But uh, 
Yes, producer Shelby said, Nick News, you idiot. Yes, all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was so, most nights you would not get to see it because I had to go to bed after Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is a bad show to put a kid to bed with after, by the way. But yeah. Nick News with Linda Ellerby was like, hey, like this week we're going to learn about like, you know, uh, where, you know, where cement comes from. And you're just like, all right, you know, I can miss this. But sometimes like Linda Ellerby would come on and be like, you know, like the president of Russia has been shot tonight on Nick News. And you're like, whoa, like this is going to be a heavy show. So that's kind of the feeling that I got since I don't read the production notes um, before this. <laughs> Um, that you were you were kind of setting me up like Linda Ellerby a little bit. Well, they're they're starting the season, uh, and I think that's that's oh, kind of right. That's kind of the jumping off point for what right, we're right, doing right, here. Right. Uh, at the end of the show, the last segment, if you want to stick around, we're going to do our predictions. We're going to do awards predictions and Super Bowl predictions and all that stuff. We're also going to bring on Mitch Goldich, our editor, also the host of Mitch Eats Food. Uh, because I, you know, it's just fair to plug that at this point. Uh, no doubt, that's a podcast. Uh, he's going to come on. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's coming on solely to insult you, right? Yeah. So this will be fun. So Mitch is uh, Mitch is Mitch is obviously a character in our universe, um, mm-hmm. and we bring him up quite a bit. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. I would highly recommend following Mitch, but he's also one of the most detail oriented people in the history of the world that I've ever met. And he puts up with a lot of crap from me. And so I, I predicted all 272 games. It took Mitch. I tied that thing in such a knot that it took Mitch like eight hours with official NFL tie breaking rules to figure out who was making the playoffs in my uh, from my Excel spreadsheet. So I want him to come on, tell everybody what a jerk I am, talk about his harrowing experience <laughs> editing that and uh, and also let have him let everybody know um, that he came up with the Super Bowl pick that him and I share long before me and that I'm just a, a copycat bandwagon fan. Okay. All right. So he go. also I I this has never happened before. He requested to play more than four, but fewer than six questions. Oh, so wow, he'll regret that. But uh, <laughs> but, but we're gonna do it here. Uh, but we are going to start off. The two of us, we are going to break down. There are six. There are no more than six. No fewer than six. There's not five. There's not seven. There's not. Uh, boy, what's a number? Another number that's that's higher than six. Like there's not like twenty three. There's not like two. There are six stories that will define this NFL season and we are going to give you all six of them and we're going to do that right now uh we'll alternate I guess okay do you want to go first or do you want me to go first I'll go first okay uh reverse alphabetical uh by first name I think is the way to go here um I'm the storyline that I think we really didn't talk about and no one talks about because every year we come to the season it's like boy these offenses look at all the offense in the league ah the rules are all for offense and so many offensive innovations etc etc i think we've kind of lost track of the fact that the super bowl and the conference title games last year those were defensive battles uh you had a, a you know a slugfest between very two two very familiar opponents 
49ers and Rams, the NFC title game. In the AFC, you had Lou Anarumo and that Bengals defense stymieing Patrick Mahomes in the second half, and that's that's what launched the Bengals into the Super Bowl. And that was coming off another Bengals game in which they, you know, th- that Titans game was another ugly uh, defensive, uh, you know, turning on turnovers type of a type of contest. We got to the Super Bowl, and yes, you know, Aaron Donald did the things that he does, but you know, Raheem Morris, uh, his his both his blitz designs and his stunts, but also the way he uh, the moments he chose to to unleash them. Uh, were outstanding last season, and he had the Bengals number and Joe Burrow's number in that game. And obviously, we saw the Rams. Uh, you know, part of it was the Odo Beckham Jr. injury, but uh, the Rams were slowed down significantly in that game, and it looked like they were going to go nowhere in the second half until that final drive. So, what I'm wondering is, uh, you know, we've talked about the, uh, I guess, the homogeny of the league and how, you know, you say all the time half the teams in the league are running some version of that Shanahan offense. I think that does make it a little bit ripe for maybe the defense to battle back a little bit this season. You know, obviously you are seeing these concepts more and more often. It makes them easier to defend, even if maybe you are not ideally equipped personnel-wise to defend them uh, at this point in in whatever cycle this is that the NFL is in. So I'm just kind of looking around the league. I, you know, the teams I mentioned, obviously the Rams, the Bengals, uh, those are really impressive teams uh, with what they do defensively. I'm really curious to see... I know I voted them like 22nd or something in, in the preseason power ranking, but I'm curious to see what the Steelers come up with this year. Uh they have T.J. Watt, yes, uh, and that makes a big difference, but they really struggled defensively a year ago. However, uh, they've gotten some reinforcements back. They're healthier on the defensive line, and it's a really impressive brain trust they have there. Uh, if you like what went on down in Miami defensively the last couple of seasons, which which you should, uh, you're now combining Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin. Uh, that's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of experience, and it's a lot of accomplishment in that, uh, you know, in that defensive coaching room at this point. So uh, that's a team I kind of have circled, but I'm just kind of curious overall to see how the defense reacts. And is this the year that maybe the defense claws, defense as a whole, claw back a little bit uh, against what has obviously been a, a pretty steady climb for offenses around the league? Yeah, another person I'll, I'll kind of keep my eye on is Sean McDermott, right? Because he was the first one to not blitz. Um, he was like the first anti blitz guy last mm-hmm. year. Um, well, he actually started it in 2019, I think. Yeah. I th- or, or it might have been uh, 20, like midway through 2020. And um, he was the first person, I think, in at least the NFL next gen stats era to have not logged a blitz in a game. Um, and I don't know how far back. I think their uh, their data goes back to 2013. I want to say, um, but still, that's fairly significant. And so, I think watching him, I think, will be instructive. Mike Tomlin is a, is another good one, certainly. You know, what's interesting too is that Vic Fangio is just kind of around this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been visiting a lot with people, and people have been kind of studying him. And I think he's getting his moment 
um, as as this defensive godfather, and I think a lot of stuff is being taken from him this offseason, so I'm curious to see what happens there. But that kind of dovetails into my storyline, and, and we're going to combine them now into sort of a uh, a brookie. Do you know what that is, a brownie and a cookie together? Okay. Um, I, I can picture it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, my, my question was what takes the place of it, but I think um, what takes the place of outside zone, but I think you're right. What's going to happen is teams don't have to evolve yet so they're not going to and they're going to kind of grind by one more year with it being pretty obvious that the defense has caught up and and figured this stuff out right and i think what's interesting is you're going to see the coaches who understand the theory behind outside zone they're going to be fine it's the ones who are basically taking the playbook and running it that aren't going to be fine because Mm -hmm. The theory behind outside zone is that you're tying the run in the pass game together and that everything looks the same. You can do that and not run that offense, right? You can tie your run in your pass game together and run West Coast. You can tie your run and pass game together and run, I don't know, um, What's another offense, Gary? Um, you know, you could you could uh, you could build some read option stuff. Run and uh, shoot. Build, build some, you know, yeah. You yeah. could run. Yeah, I mean, you could run. I was thinking, I was trying to think of like a good one, you know, like a, a fun, like a fun and gun. Is, wasn't that Steve Spurrier was yeah, fun and gun? Yeah, fun and gun. You know, you could do fun and gun. Uh, it, but if you tie the run and the pass game together, it's going to be great. And it's going to be really hard to stop. So those coaches are going to be good. It's the ones that didn't take the offensive line coach from the system, that don't really have the players necessarily. Those are the guys that are going to struggle. And so I don't necessarily think we're going to see the next offensive evolution. But what I do think is we're going to see, you know, and, and it could start on Thursday. Um, it, it could be a lot of Sean McVay teams scoring 20 points for the first two or three weeks of the season before everyone's like, uh, there's something we got to do here. So I kind of jumped the gun there a little bit, Gary, right? So it, my my storyline was, again, what takes the place of what we have now? Um, it was Air Raid two years ago. It was Zone Read. Two, it was RPO two years before that. And with all these things, it, it, everything kind of condenses. We won't see it. We won't see it in a grand spectrum this year. But I do think we are going to see the next big thing at the end of this year, right? Like, that's kind of when that happens, right? Teams start to have their bye weeks, they self-scout, they figure stuff out, and they start running things that are different than um, than what other teams are running. And I think that's really what makes a huge difference between sort of that middle pack of the NFL and the real contenders of the coaches that are able to do that and to expand. So I'm really interested... I, I think you have to pay a lot of attention to roster construction at this point. What are teams equipped to do that could make them different down the stretch? And Bill Belichick was always good at this. Um, I'm really curious to see what Josh McDaniels does as another guy that I think had that. And they were obviously tied together, but another guy that was able to create something completely and totally amoebic and shape-shifting. And I think that the teams that are equipped to do that are going to succeed better down the stretch. And that's when we're going to start to see the little glimmers of like, okay, are we going, 
you know, are we going back to a West Coast? You know, are we going back to a quick game to try to beat too high shell? What's what's the answer to this? And there always is an answer because there are no new ideas. But when does that thing emerge and who's the guy that thinks of it? I think is going to be really interesting. And it could be Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the answer could just be, yeah, keep running outside zone, but just do it with a mobile quarterback. And that that's something that I've been... I've been so excited about for the last two years that just has not come to fruition. <laughs> Trey Lance in our heads is uh, pretty much the most unstoppable person in the history of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, what's a really good, um, like maybe like the Flash intro? Like sometimes, like when, when, I, when I turn on Trey Lance tape, you hear the Flash song and then you just see like him. Yeah, the, the one Queen did? Yes. Oh, um, And then... Uh, but Trey Lance is on like some sort of storm cloud, and he's just like, you know, flying over everything. That's what hap- That's what's happening in in my bu- in, the, in the old noggin. Nice. We should pool our annual salaries and get the rights to that song to play for one episode. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole episode. I don't know. Well, what did it cost? Um, the only thing that I ever looked up was. Um, Mad Men played a Beatles song, right? And it cost $225,000 for like 15 seconds or something like that. Okay. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, you know, if anyone wants to start kind of crowdfunding here, um, we could, maybe we could do Flash. I feel like Queen's Canon might be like surprisingly affordable. Is that <laughs> is that a weird take? That's That's something we can convince ourselves of. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know what would be really affordable would be, you know, if we went back to like a Mike McDonald, if we went to a Bachman Turner Overdrive, <laughs> if we went in that direction, I think we got a shot. And oh, uh, Michael McDonald, the BTO doing the Flash theme. Oh, man, I can just I can hear it now. And it's beautiful. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio. 
Radio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right, what do you got next? Because you know what? A storyline should be your haircut. You have a great haircut. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I did my I, I cut my hair every six months. So uh, it looks good the season. It was time to do it again. No doubt. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Connor. It's so nice. <laughs> uh, so storyline number three, I am going to highlight the quietly vulnerable Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks have upgraded at head coach Todd Bowles is is going to be very good for them uh, as he has been as defensive coordinator there. The continued bizarre, almost forced marriage between Tom Brady and this franchise has to wear on them at some point. Uh, and the you know we brought it up when we talked about the Bucks a couple weeks ago. The fact that they lost two starting interior linemen during the summer is hugely important, not only from uh, the the standpoint of protecting Brady, but also uh, getting that interior run game going because they do slam it into the A-gaps more than any team in the NFL. So you have some schematic issues. You have uh, some, you know, injury issues at receiver. You know, Chris Godwin is working his way back. Uh, Antonio Brown is not coming back. Rob Gronkowski is presumably not coming back. I guess I should add a presumably for Antonio Brown as well. Uh there's a lot going on there that isn't very good. And it's all just kind of underlined by the fact that, you know, maybe Tom Brady was off to a mass singer. Maybe he was uh, actually, you know, dealing with his family and, and whatever issues arise there when you essentially tell your family, I'm retiring to spend more time than you with you. No, actually I'm going back to play for a team. I don't want to play for. Uh, That's much less funny. (laughs) <laughs> than going on Fox. And, uh, yeah. But uh, they have some leeway. They're probably going to make the playoffs regardless. But I just feel like this is a team that's going to struggle, especially early in the year. Maybe they turn it on late, but they kind of go out with a whimper when it's all said and done. And Tom Brady starts shopping for his his next stop at age 46. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it is the Masked Singer... And and I've I've pretty much gotten this to the point where I I don't I don't think anything related to Tom Brady is any of my business anymore. I've just I've decided I'm going to cover the NFL minus Tom Brady. I'm going to car and the Browns. I'm going to carve that out of my universe. That doesn't exist for me for two different reasons. With Tom, I do think that there's a level of fame that could be distracting and harmful to your family environment. And if that's what's happening and that's kind of what he's alluded to on uh, his podcasts. And, um, you know, there's, there's obviously been some, some reports on online about this stuff, but if that's the case, I would feel so bad. And, you know, I, you, you feel a little bit like part of the problem, right? You know, I mean, just, just from kind of doing what we do, but if that's a cover for the mask singer, (laughs) 
I would lose my goddamn mind. I would lose my goddamn mind, and I would I would be so upset uh, because to make me feel bad for you, and then be like, no, I'm just kidding. It definitely was the mass singer. I would yeah. absolutely lose it, and I try not to get upset about this stuff anymore. But that would be that would be an all timer for me. I'd do 45 minutes of a podcast just <laughs> ripping him to pieces. I hope he's on a different Fox show that's not the Mass Singer. But say, like, I hope he goes on whatever Gordon Ramsay's new show is where ah. like, he yells at people like it, Carpentry Debacles. <laughs> and it's Tom Brady and it's it's just Gordon Ramsay. This is not level. <laughs> that's a terrible. I don't know why I made Gordon Ramsay Scottish, sort of Scrooge McDuck. But uh, I apologize for all of that. Oh well, let's let's pull up the. Uh, uh, He's not going to go on Bob's Burgers. Uh, wow, <laughs> everything else is anim. I'm telling you, their entire lineup is animated. It's incredible. Uh, dancing in masks or Gordon Ramsay yelling at someone. It's uh, wow. Um, oh, if he showed up on the cleaning lady, that would be. I'd be All a right. little less mad about that. I'd All be right. a little. I I would be okay with that. Because the cleaning lady sounds kind of interesting as a plot. This isn't a commercial for the cleaning lady, but <laughs> but, just but if they want to give us some sponsorship money, yeah, you know, I mean, not a bad right, idea. She, she's like, she's a maid. She needs work, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, "You're really good at cleaning up after murder," and then mm-hmm. that's her job. So <laughs> that was a chilling line we wrote in our fan fiction. Yes, that sounds a lot like how I got hired at SI. So um, <laughs> same kind of thing, but. Yeah, if he's on if he's on Cleaning Lady, I'd be okay with that. Mass Singer, I would lose it. And I would I mean, you could be on the Zoom if we did a podcast together that week where that story broke, but I would just I would say like I I need 45 minutes. I need 45 minutes to get that off my chest. All right. Well, that's uh let's move on. Let let's <laughs> <laughs> I love how I got so worked up over something that's probably not happening. It, and, and really, like, I, and I've I've said this before. I I do think if the family thing is a tough thing, like, I really hope that's that people just kind of leave him alone. And everybody deserves to be left alone if that's if that's what's going on. You know, boy, it's uh, the hypotheticals that uh, that we're laying out are either going to be very appropriate or very inappropriate for sure. Um, Moving on, we've got uh, we've got Lamar Jackson. That's my big storyline, Gary. And there's a lot of storylines attached to Lamar Jackson. I mm-hmm. think the Ravens are going to be really good. I think if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, he might make a run at the MVP. Um, and I think this is the, also the biggest test case for a self-represented player in NFL history um, at the bargaining table. So I'm fascinated to see it all. It, it kind of blows my mind that we've made it to this place, but it's been really, f- really fascinating to kind of talk to people and hear about, okay, um, we think Lamar, you know, some people are just like, Lamar should take that deal. And some people are like, if this doesn't get done, this thing's going to melt down, you know, and there's all these different kind of chaos scenarios there. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth watching this team every week, you know, man, it's, uh, well, I, I won't spoil anything. It's a popular pick among some on our staff, those Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think this is um, 
and I, I've, I've written this a thousand times, so people are probably tired of hearing it, but actually, I'm going to introduce it in a new way. How about that? I said this on Baltimore Radio today. If okay. every playoff game were a three to five game series, the Ravens would have won the Super Bowl every year that Lamar Jackson was their quarterback. Every year? Yes. And healthy. I don't know. Um, you can't beat that team in a, in a best of five. Can't do it. They're going to beat you three out of five times. Okay. That's my hot take. Is that and wild? It, it's it's a hot take. Uh, I got to process this one for a while. I know. I'm, I'm watching you try to artfully disagree with it. You can just say it's dumb, too. Let's We've done enough qu- shows together. <laughs> let's sit quietly for 45 <laughs> minutes while I think about this. No, I look, the one year where they got knocked off by the Titans, uh, which I guess would have been the 2019 season, uh, 2020 playoffs. Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, that team was incredible. Uh, it's when I was thinking back to uh, late last season and that Bill's two-game postseason run where they were absolutely unstoppable with Josh Allen. And the only thing I, the, or I should say, the two offenses I can compare it to, the 18-1 Patriots, and also, God, that Ravens offense in 2019 was, it, do you remember when they went to to LA on, I think it was a Monday night, and played the Rams, and it just seemed like, all right, if you gave them a thousand possessions, Something weird would happen, but they'd score 998 touchdowns. And um, go back and watch that game and then watch the Rams after that. Mm. And look at all the backfield motion stuff that they just ripped from there. Like you were Connor Orr in eighth grade and the person sitting next to you just gave you their paper. Just ripped it. Didn't even change the (laughs) words. Just turned it in. Completely plagiarized. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K Smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dad. <laughs> All right, a quick, I promise you, quick show note before we move on to the next segment. We're going to be back Friday morning talking about Bills-Rams or Rams-Bills, depending on what the result is, I guess. Uh, Connor and I will break that down. Maybe we'll look forward to Sunday's action, but I think it's just going to depend on whether the game is good or not. Right, Connor? Yeah, I mean, if Rams Bills is a, is a real clunker, I think we can just we can move on. We can pretend it was Star Wars Episode One. Just never happened, <laughs> right? That's just, bad. People uh, who have seen Star Wars don't like that one. Maybe I I don't know. I don't know I much ha- about Star Wars. I don't. I've never seen any any Star Wars. I did really? collect the yeah. I've never never one. The only one I saw was Episode One at my friend's birthday party in sixth grade mm-hmm. and i was like wow this blows and um and, and everyone was like oh this was the worst one to see but okay you know it was really bad and it was really long and i hated the whole thing so why am i gonna why am i gonna just try for a lesser version of that <laughs> let me watch three more of these right it's like oh my god i have a migraine and they're like but if you tried headaches you know, they're just like it's not that. You know, it's like okay, no, I'm I'm good. I did collect the uh, the Darth Maul Pepsi though. I, I did like the way he looked. What? What does that mean? <laughs> like a like a bottle, like a Darth Maul bottle of Pepsi? It was on the like the Pepsi One was the official soda of Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> It always feels yeah. rude for a podcast guest to start talking before they've been in. No. Hey, Mitch is here. You make it very hard not to, <laughs> not to cut in and laugh or say something. I was like doing the best I could. And I just, when, once you're collecting Pepsi, uh, I just, I, it's hard to, I guess I could have muted myself, but I don't have the restraint. Oh my goodness. Uh, Mitch, what's your right. take on Star Wars episode one? <laughs> I like the use of the Roman numerals. I think that's all. Uh, that's good stuff as a franchise, you know. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very classy. Yeah. It's probably what you wanted in sixth grade. <laughs> oh, Darth Maul Pepsi. <laughs> so this is, I, I don't know where we're going with this, but this is just a, like a fun segue into, I went to we're my going, grade. We're going house. wherever you take us, Connor. Okay, let's go, baby. So. The, the you can use cans of Pepsi to kind of mark the passage of time, right? 
and you know because pepsi had its name on everything for a long time and i remember going to my great aunt's house um like i don't know like a year ago she was mm-hmm. like yeah if you're, if you're thirsty there's there's pepsi in the basement so i was like all right so i went downstairs and it was uh toy story 2 pepsi and i was like <laughs> toy story 2 came out in 2001 <laughs> wait let me see I, while we're here we have a google machine right yeah just ask jeeves about this yeah well, yeah does anyone have alta vista up um 1999 <laughs> so it's like oh, man like is there any soda in those cans we don't know so there you go anyway that's why i always keep a darth maul pepsi handy <laughs> it, it ages well it's an ice-cold Darth Maul Pepsi. <laughs> All right. We have, as you uh, found out a few minutes ago, we have brought editor Mitch Goldich into the room. Uh, this is something I, I'm kind of stepping back because I enjoy reading the 272 game prediction put out every year, but I enjoy even more the fact that I don't work on it in any capacity. Uh, so I feel like this upcoming segment is, is yeah, it's going to be Mitch probably berating Connor a little bit, uh, but maybe something of an intervention. I don't know. Let's just, well, let's just go. Uh, so for background and Mitch, feel free to jump in at any point. Um, Mitch is very, he's, so we predict all 272 games. That's a, that's a big undertaking. And this year, Mm. Mitch made me a nifty spreadsheet. And despite that, I still did not come up. I had 273 wins, 273 (laughs) losses or 271 losses. And God bless Mitch. He went through it and said, here are the nine mistakes that you made. And I went in and I fixed all those, still had 273 wins and 271 losses, went through it again. This is like four times that you went through the entire NFL season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, then you're, found- you're skipping a step. We've done this franchise for a few years and you yes. used to just give every team's record. Yes. And then I, I think I forget what year exactly we decided you know, man, we should really like go by each team's uh, season, like win, loss, win, loss. And it's harder than it sounds. I've never actually done it the way you have. But what you end up happening is like week four, the Patriots play against the Jets and both teams are winning. And so when you go and put that on the Internet, everyone sees it and somebody sees it and complains. And so there is a lot of work to do. You do the hard work of picking all the games. But then there's also just this these logistics of making sure you don't have mistakes and making sure the teams are playing who you say they're going to play. And so, yes, so the the spreadsheet was an effort to try and actually save you from yourself because I think last year you had an issue where you just picked it and you it was impossible to recreate your work. And I think I think your wife had to, like, make you a special spreadsheet yeah. that we don't have access to. So anyway, so, yes, there's a there's a big there's a Google Doc undertaking here. Yeah. Th- so last year and I'll preface this by saying I love my job and I'm very grateful to have my job. However, last year. <laughs> After picking all 272 games, I just I got the records and I had it all. I did it all on the back of a um, an envelope from my financial advisor. So I just had this ripped open envelope that was covered in serial killer scratches, right? And I came out with all the records, and they were right. Everything added up, and then I turned it over to Mitch and I said, "Here's everybody's record for the 2021 season," and then uh, the uh, Back office folks said, oh, uh, people want to debate on a game-by-game level. 
so it comes back to me and they're just like just tell us show your work impossible so I had plus, to go back and, in and do it again, and I was and just plus it's not 272. happy. It used to be 256. They gave yeah. it this whole extra week, which is ridiculous, which I've yeah. been against from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And and anyway, I so I'll I'll hand it off to Mitch, and I I want to give him permission to tell the entirety of the story because I do think that there's some important things here um, that highlight the fact that. Uh, I am a child, and without Mitch, I am lost in the wilderness. And for context, I had just written the football preview issue cover story, and there was a line in there that said, Bengals going back to the Super Bowl? Why the hell not? And so I'll start the story by Mitch calling me uh, (laughs) and saying, Hey, Connor, you don't have the Bengals going to the playoffs. And this was after, I assume, about four and a half hours of you going through NFL tiebreaker rules to try to figure this out. I like that uh, this is this is like a safe space. Like we would never say this on Twitter, but the podcast audience is like, we're happy to take people behind the curtain and, sure. and show them how the sausage is. I mean, it's too late. You already did. I'm, a, I'm um, on the record, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what happened. Uh, I think I did it a little more dramatically than that because I called you to tell you. You were um, laughing too, which was, which made me feel better. It was very, but I love being able to call and deliver news to you. It happened twice memorably this off season. The other time was the Sunday night that Tom Brady announced he was coming back. I just <laughs> called you and said, Connor, did you hear the news? And you hadn't heard yet. And I got to deliver the news to you <laughs> on the phone uh, that not only was Tom Brady coming back for another season, but you uh, had a column about it due uh, immediately. So get on it. Uh, and I thought you did an excellent job that night. So anyway, uh, yeah, you you did a good job. There was a back and forth and there was a fact checking. And and I should say other people on our staff helped as well. Dan Falkenheim and uh, Marcus Crum helped. It wasn't like just me every time I got some backup. Um, but you you did a good job. You answered all the questions. You put in the W's and L's and the proper squares and the cells filled up. But you did just sort of dump a pile of like, here are our teams and records and whatever. And I had the idea like, oh, you know, we should probably put together the standings and see, you know, because teams are going to be tied. So what are the standings? And I love NFL playoff tiebreakers. Unironically, this is my idea of a good time. Like the fact that it's uh, it was like August and I was like digging through the rule book like, OK, it's a three way tie and they're in three different divisions. <laughs> and so this is the first thing that we do. And so I was like, yeah, let's put together the standings. This will be a good time. And now for getting uh, specific here. You had the Patriots, Titans, and Bengals all tied at 10 and 6 for (laughs) the uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th spots in the NFC. And so I'm going through the tiebreaker, and and obviously, Connor, as you know, uh, the first thing you do to break that tie is you look if anyone has a head-to-head sweep uh, if one team beats the other two opponents, or if one team loses to the other two opponents, then you pull that team out, and then you break the tie with the other two teams. And so I'm like, ooh, they're tied. This is fun. And it was like, oh, yeah, the the Bengals did play against both of these teams. And you just, I'd say, I don't want to call it arbitrary because, I mean, obviously you put a lot of work into this. But it's kind of (laughs) random where you're, you know, putting your wins and losses (laughs) to get a team to 10 and 6. Or sorry, I should say uh, 10 and 7 because 17 games. Right. So anyway, it was a little bit arbitrary that you just happened to have the Bengals losing to both the Patriots and Titans <laughs> across the course of their season. That was not like a planned uh, divine Connor at the controls thing. That's just 
you're going through. And, and what are the odds that it actually matters? But just the fact that it was that, that combination, those three teams tied, and then with the other uh, teams that you had, the Bengals just happened to get the short stick, and they were the eighth seed. And this, I discovered this literally an hour after your Joe Burrow cover story is <laughs> <was> online <laughs> for everyone to read. And you're like the hero of Cincinnati radio. And I'm like putting this post together that's like, yeah, uh, SI's Connor Orr has the Bengals missing the playoffs. I can't <laughs> wait for that to be uh, scooped up and written about on every Bengals fan site. It's, you know what it is? And this is what I hate about the 272 is that, um, and, and, and I'll get tweets from a lot of people who cover individual teams and they're like well you know i had the lions going 11 and 6 that's great what did you have every other team doing that led us to that point because everything else matters and there's it's a it's like a rubik's cube and so yes uh, that you know rant over but Yes, I was enjoying this windfall of attention from the city of Cincinnati. Uh, and if you'll remember, last year I was uh, the GOAT uh, in the worst way uh, in the city of Cincinnati because I picked the Bengals to win four games last year. And when the 272 comes out, I'm always in a bad mood because I'm doing a 1,000 radio hits and it's just every radio station disagreeing with my prediction unless I pick, like, the local team to go 17-0. and And Mo Egger, who does uh, ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, is a great person. He had me on last year to argue with me about four wins, and I remember just being at the end of my rope and saying, okay, pull up the schedule and find me four more wins on this schedule. This team is not winning more than four games, and I was just mad about it, furious about it. So I have a precarious history with the city of Cincinnati. So had that happened without Mitch's watchful eye, this is why you need editors. I would have been, and people would not let me forget about this last year. I was made fun of all through the playoffs. I was made fun of through the Super Bowl, redeemed myself with the football preview issue cover story. And then I would have accidentally picked them to miss the playoffs in the following year. Unbeknownst to me, like that would have been humiliating. You could have looked, I would say. Uh, uh, the other, the <laughs> other thing I'll just point out, though, is I, I appreciate uh, your sort of approach to this, and <clears throat> just sort of this, uh, this idea that like the the games are the games, and they cause the records, and the sheet is what it says. And you, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you try and like gerrymander it to get the standings you want. I think you genuinely try to look at all thirty-two teams right. and say, like, I remember with the Colts last year, that was a big one because you had them starting like. 0 and three and one and five and then bouncing all the way back to the playoffs. And that was actually a great take and they didn't make the playoffs, but they came very close to it. And they did go on the roller coaster that, um, that you envisioned, but I like that you just sort of like look at each team honestly and try to decide. And I very briefly made the argument, Connor, I think this is awesome. And I think it makes your whole point for you that you, wow, you went through the schedule one at a time and the Bengals missed the playoffs and you're the guy, Mr. Bengals, and look what you did. And I was like, that's your hook. That's what you should write about in the intro. And I think you heard me out for like five seconds. And then you said, uh, give them a win against the Patriots. <laughs> and <they> just, <laughs> just got rid of the whole problem. You said, yeah, they will be 11 and six and the Patriots can be nine and eight and we're going to solve the whole thing nice and neat. It did. It, it fit in nicely with the whole Connor or 
uh, football prediction universe because uh, one of my bold predictions leading into the season, I believe, was that the Patriots were going to miss the playoffs. So having the Patriots actually miss the playoffs worked. But you're right. You can't – it's so hard to ger- to gerrymander this. And that's what I like about 272 is I I finished the exercise and I was like, I hate the commander's record. I hate the Panthers record. And there was like two or three more teams that I, I despised. I just didn't like it at all. But there's not a whole lot you can do about it because you pull little, one little pin and then uh, and then all of a sudden everything just falls apart. And, and Mitch has to pick up the pieces. <laughs> well, I didn't put up too much of a fight because there were still tiebreakers for me to solve. So I... You know, I still got to have a little fun uh, with the rest of my afternoon. Gary is just looking like, holy shit, I'm so <clears> glad <throat> I don't have to do this. That that does sound like fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my only, because uh, I'll, I'll turn this back to me. Uh, <laughs> I got a note the other day and on my Facebook page, like my professional Facebook page that I, I don't know, Ooh. just random people uh, occasionally write in. And most of it's like ask for fantasy advice, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, people can write in. I'm, I'm just, I, I probably won't see it, and I probably won't answer it. Uh, nothing personal. But a guy wrote me to say that on our division previews, which had my byline on it, uh, the note was that Vikings record is ridiculous. You're nuts. So I was like, okay, the Vikings are seven ten. But then I went back to the note. And I just got a uh, chuckle because he he marked it important with like a red exclamation point so that I know <laughs> to get back to him. <laughs> we really need to discuss this. So, I think you know. the Vikings at seven and ten is fine. <laughs> I mean, ten they're going to be somewhere between ten and seven and seven and ten. The best Connor, part about Connor has them at eight and nine, and this this was a fun one. Uh, <clears throat> he had the Vikings and Cardinals tied for the seventh seed. And someone, me, gets to sit here and go, ooh, did they play each other? They <laughs> mm. did play each other this year, and uh, Connor randomly has the Cardinals beating the Vikings in, uh, God knows what week that is, week uh, seven? It's week I, according to the uh, cells of this Google sheet. Uh, and <laughs> so, yeah, Cardinals. the Cardinals are going to sneak in as the seventh seed at eight and nine, according to Connor, in this uh, fantasy season where nobody gets hurt and we know exactly how good all the teams are the entire year. It... <laughs> This time of year, there's so many predictions, and um, I did, uh, uh, I did a radio station in Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore today, and they had the actual hard copy of the magazine out. And you know, sometimes mistakes happen. Like last year, the NFL draft, um, a mock draft was put into the issue with my byline on it, and I did not write it. It was not my <laughs> mock draft. And former boss Peter King called me and he's like, hey, Connor, like, uh, you know, I love the way you did the mock draft, just like kind of going wild. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he and then he like listed a few of the players that I was like, I never said that. And he's like, it's in the magazine. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Um, but so when we do the division records for the football preview issue, a lot of that is I don't know what that is, but my bylines on some of it, Gary's bylines on some of it, you know, Albert's bylines on some of it. And so in Baltimore today, they were like, ah, "Boy, I can't believe you have the Steelers finishing in last in the AFC North." And I was like, "I don't have the Steelers finishing last in the AFC North. I think they're going to be pretty good." And they're like, "Not according to the magazine we're holding." And I was like, "God damn it." Mm. You know, we 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 predict too many things, you know. We got to 
streamline, you know? 272 games is enough. But that means we're going to be right on some stuff. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> okay, we're about to have an unprecedented moment on this show uh, for the first time, never requested until now. More than four, but fewer than six questions. Oh. Mitch has volunteered to play. We have five questions for him here. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. the first person ever to ask. I, I I was mostly asking if I should be prepared, I, but I, I, you know, listen, I want it. The last time I was on this podcast, I answered what you build as an impossible trivia question when you asked me to name the last player to have a septopus, oh, and I pulled yeah. Jason Hansen out of my ass. That was my last appearance, so I, I'm all wow. in. Give me the questions. I'll take it. I almost let's, put that in here. Let's I'll remind I, folks, yeah. by the Forgetting way. Forgetting that I knew that already. Damn, I shouldn't have reminded you. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to get uh, fewer than four questions, maybe. <laughs> let's let's remind folks, by the way, the all-time standings here. Um, SI's college football writer Richard Johnson, first place tie with six. Uh, SI staff writer Rohan Nadkarni, first place tie with six, and then goes down from there. Stephanie Epstein, our wonderful senior writer who covers baseball in the Olympics, five. Peter King, former boss, four. Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports, four. Jenny Vrentis, former colleague and now uh, superstar reporter at the New York Times, got a four. Andrew Brandt, former Packers executive and business of sports columnist at the MMQB, got a two. And Albert Breer, our lovely senior writer, football content strategist, MMQB writer, <laughs> is last place with one. So as it's long as of, you... This yeah. is a lot of pressure. I, I didn't regret asking for this until you... Uh, <laughs> gave me the complete history of all-time scores. So. Yeah. The game is nicknamed Beat Breer. Yeah, I mean, the, that's basically what we tell guests is like, oh, don't worry, Albert got a one. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And it really does take a lot of pressure off. It would be like, it'd be like going on, um, it'd be like going on American Ninja Warrior. And right before, right before you go on, someone's like, hey, the guy in front of you made it two steps, his pants fell down, and then he, like, fell into the water, and he couldn't swim, so, like, an old lady had to pull him out. And mm. and then and then she gave him a wet willy uh, on national television. <laughs> then you'd be like, okay, well, it can't possibly go any worse than that, you know? <laughs> With that <Maybe> in mind, <laughs> <laughs> let's start the clock, uh, put three hours up there, Shelby, and... Uh, <laughs> Let's see, I will do the odd questions, and uh, Connor, you do the evens. Uh, first one, science and medicine is the category. Ravens <laughs> start, tight end, starting right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Ravens tight end Mark Andrews was recently the recipient of last season's Octopus of the Year Award. What organ-specific autoimmune disease does <laughs> Andrews manage while playing? Um, I believe he is diabetic. I don't know if I have to know this. I think it's type 2 diabetes. Am I supposed to know that? You're, or, or possibly he has Crohn's disease is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> no, wait, hold, wait, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pick, pick, pick a disease. I'm sticking with diabetes is my guess. Okay, but type 1 or type 2? Oh, I do have to know the type of... Okay, that's why... <laughs> well, only one <laughs> is an autoimmune disease, Mitch. Oh, man. Oh, geez, you did say this was science and medicine. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, God, it's going to be so unfair if we don't give him the question. For I think he's, I think it's 
Type two? I think it's, it's type, type two. one. I'll we'll give it to you depending yeah. on how the rest of it goes. Okay, if I need it, I'll get it. Right, I got the music. That's, but that's don't fine. enjoy the don't enjoy the music. Uh, yes, he is a type one diabetic. Does anyone have to know the? Okay, all right. <laughs> you, it's your, you guys make the rules. I, why, it's an honor to be here. Why does anyone have to know anything, Mitch? <laughs> I was gonna say that Gary. I think Gary probably secretly wishes that I read the show notes uh, before we started or any of the outlines or any of the material that's relevant to putting on the podcast. But when I scroll down and then up through the answers, all I see at the top of this page is type one diabetes in bold (laughs) font. And I was just like, wow, what are we getting into today? Um, So I uh, uh, this is just a very fun it's a very fun thing for me to do, and uh, I'm glad I'm here. So, all right, question two. Let's I'm go. I'm also having fun so far. <laughs> question two. The category is ornithological. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> all right, Mitch. Question two. The category is ornithol orn ornithology. Yes. God damn it. All right. Yeah. The study of birds. Um, which is greater? The number of postseason wins as an Eagles starting quarterback for Nick Foles, or the number of postseason passing yards as an Eagles starting quarterback for Carson Wentz. Okay, great question. Nick Foles, of course, has four wins as a starting QB in the playoffs with the Eagles. He has the three in the Super Bowl run. And then the following year, they beat the Bears in the double doink game, which he started. I know that Carson Wentz has one career playoff game. It was the game against the Seahawks in which he got hurt in the first quarter. And then Josh McCown had to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. It was the first drive. I need to know how many passing yards he had. Did he have more or less than... What Here's you what believe I believe to be the number of Nick Foles's. I think he had less. I think you're trying to trick me, and you think that I forget that Nick Foles started the double doink game. I feel like he's got like three. He had three passing yards that game. I'm gonna go with Foles being greater. Wow, that is amazing. He got it. He Not only that, it. you got the yardage right. There we go. <laughs> he got it, but would we ask the question if it was just like, yeah, Carson went through for 204 yards in that game? <laughs> Do I know ornithology or what? That was that was really good. All, All right. right. We're staying in the animal kingdom for number three. Uh, the category is marine biology. What eight-arm cephalopod featuring two long retractile filaments located between the first two pairs of arms on its dorsal side is found both in tropical oceans and extreme deep sea conditions. Okay, I just recently watched the Marine Biologist episode of Seinfeld. Uh, This week, actually. I was uh, home with an illness and watched a lot of Seinfeld. Um, Sorry to hear that. I think you're sorry to hear that I watched Seinfeld. Not yeah. that I was homesick. I know you very well, Connor. <laughs> um, I think the answer's got to be the giant squid. No. <laughs> but the whole point was you were supposed to answer the octopus. The answer was just the octopus. Are you kidding me? No, the answer is the, the vampire squid. Oh, the vampire squid. Okay, <laughs> I was we, unfamiliar. Do we do with a half that. point for that? No. 
Wow. Is the vampire squid giant or not? We already gave him the diabetes, and he ruined the joke that he wasn't aware of. (laughs) Thank you, Shelby. So you did give me the diabetes one, because that was was questionable before. I gave you diabetes. Okay. I'm looking. Okay. Vampire squids. I would have given it to you if a vampire squid was large, but I've Googled this and it I, I see a man holding one in the palm of his hand yeah that is fair i accept my fate there are okay. only so many uh whatever you named so the retractable arms thing makes it tough you know <laughs> you talk about the octopus all the time you're supposed to say octopus man <laughs> do the next one connor all right mitch number four uh this category is cuisine uh and by the way uh, really enjoyed being not I wasn't on Mitch Eats Food but I was part of a tasting that eventually made it onto Mitch Eats Food great everyone should subscribe to Mitch Eats Food and listen to it it's very good it's that was episode podcast. 50 with the aforementioned Rohan you yes. were uh, there there eating tacos with us yeah yes so category 4 cuisine according to this blog that I'm looking at right now here on the internet there are two NFL stadiums that charged $8 for a hot dog during the 2021 season. Name at least one of them. Okay, so eight feels high. So I, I feel like you're yes. asking me to name the stadiums with the most expensive hot dogs. That is that is correct. You can take two guesses. And if one of them is correct, you'll get full credit. Okay. So just talking out loud to fill the silence. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you want to go to the expensive stadiums, <laughs> the sort of expensive teams. I mean, <clears throat> could be big markets. You could think New York, but like my my gut instinct, I first went to the Cowboys and SoFi. Those are the ones that jump right off the page. I'm going to, oh, Atlanta feels, well, no, they. I think they have been, they've gotten some positive press for some, uh, cheap food i think and also obviously the uh chick-fil-a that's closed on sundays in an nfl stadium i'm gonna go with my gut instinct and say sofi stadium wow very good <laughs> very good <laughs> this is this is one of the most impressive showings that i have ever witnessed on this show i'm just saying that i enjoy the format i who wants to be a millionaire is a great uh show for me because it's so I just love the uh, the ego that the contestants get all the time in the world to just like sit there and it's like Jeopardy I love but it's like rapid fire and you're answering the questions and you're moving on to the next one. Who wants to be a millionaire is like I'm the star of this show and I'm yes. going to take my time and tell you what I'm thinking and you know I enjoy I sort of have uh, you know taken the opportunity to do the same here. So I still remember when the first guy won a million dollars and yeah, I remember s- sitting there and my dad is like a master of obscure trivia and he had just sort of walked into the room and had no idea what was happening and he answered every single question immediately without any hesitation and then just walked out of the room and i was like (laughs) you would have won a million dollars and at the time that just blew my mind i told everybody at school about that i still remember the winning question too do you I do. Is this my Moneyball question? The uh, the winning no. million dollar question. The first uh, in the first time a guy, what was it? Something Carpenter won a million dollars. The it was like John Carpenter. The question was uh, what president appeared on Laughing, and the yes. answer was uh, Richard Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Yes. 
That was the million dollar question? It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It was all-time great TV moment. He used the phone-a-friend and then called his dad and was like, I don't need your help. I wanted to tell you that I won the million dollars. I, I don't, how, how old were we at this time, Connor? We oh, man. Probably like 12 and 10. I don't know. It was it was awesome. Not was even. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Just an all time like <clears throat> spike the football moment. It was great. Yes, it was. I mean, it was that's great. That's not I'm still unimpressed by the question yet to answer. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you a real one to wrap up here. All right. <laughs> this this is, of course, the money ball. It's worth two. Uh, the category is Mitchology, and it's a true or false. True or false, Mitch Goldich. There are zero pro football Hall of Famers with the first name Mitch or Mitchell. I love that you asked me this. I am so well prepared for this question, Gary. You have no idea. You have oh, come to the wrong did, place. Didn't you, you have, do a story about this? I did indeed. When... A wonderful athlete named Mitch Richmond was voted into the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. Yours truly interviewed him for a story about being the first person named Mitch inducted into any of the major sports halls of fame. No Mitch Berger, no Mitch Trubisky, no Mitch Schwartz. There are no Mitches in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. (laughs) Final answer. Wow. That is true. This is incredibly impressive. <laughs> this saved the show. This was a uh, I had a, I had a C minus performance today, but Mitch really brought it. Gary, you were great too. But thanks, man. This was this, fun, guys. Thank you. I'm happy so, to come back anytime. Rohan's not available. <laughs> so Mitch is now okay. Yeah, second place all time. That's great. Well, right, right ahead of th- Peter King. Third, third place. It's a tie for first. So it's tied for third place. What did I get? I got one wrong. Just the vampire squid was my only. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll take it. But doesn't he now get. He gets. Oh. <laughs> what, what are you doing, Connor? Oh. <laughs> what? What is your math? What are you trying to do? <laughs> oh, all right. I tried to add numbers too quickly, and that's when bad things happen. So, Usually that's when I have to step in and fix things for you. Yes, that, that's a perfect way to put the bow, a bow on this. And by, Well, by the way, uh, producer Shelby Royson points out Mitch Mitchell, drummer for Jimi Hendrix, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's a double, double Mitch, though. It's like a double negative. It cancels out. <laughs> it's no Mitch. <laughs> Mitch Unrine was a good Mitch. I enjoyed watching him. Uh, Broncos. I think he was like a defensive tackle who scored a touchdown once, like as a receiver. Am I making that up? I think that might have happened. 2013? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong. Mitch Mitchell is the fourth most famous Mitch, according to uh, this site that I just Googled. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of famous Mitches. Like we're I'm at I'm at number twenty, and they don't even have a photo of the person. So maybe Mitch, uh, maybe Lee? after my appearance on this podcast, I'll uh, climb up the ranks. Okay, I could do that. Who do they have as the number one most famous? Mitch McConnell. Yeah, current events right now. He's uh, he's a.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio. App. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> So let's go on to the fifth storyline that will define the season. And again, there are only six of these. Uh, I'm going with the make-or-break quarterbacks. And in a way, everyone's a make-or-break quarterback every year. Uh, but the three I'm highlighting are Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, and Daniel Jones. Uh, look, we'll, we'll start with Jalen Hurts because I think he's kind of the uh, most obvious. It, it, it just It's not going to go beyond this year. They'll have an answer by the time this year wraps up because they are so uh, well-built around him right now. If the Eagles can't push through, there's kind of no other place to address aside from quarterback at that point. Uh, all the infrastructure is there. All the talent is there. The coaching staff is there. It's going to work out or it's or it's not. 
Uh, and, you know, if, if the postseason goes like last year's playoff game went, they're going to have to move on. And the reason I bring that up, they, they obviously they have the two first round picks. They have the Saints first round pick. Uh, it is we can't say for sure right now, but odds are it's going to be a very quarterback rich draft. There are a uh, uh, a lot of guys, whether it be uh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, Tanner McKee, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, I'm probably forgetting it. Grayson McCall. Uh, I'm. Out of those guys, someone is going to emerge. Uh, probably a couple of them are going to emerge as top half of the first round type of talents. And, you know, if the Eagles don't have it in Hurts, that's what they're going to have to do. Or maybe they turn those draft picks into whatever veteran is kind of, uh, you know, a little bit disgruntled by the time this year wraps up. Um We've talked, uh, I don't know, how 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 many hours do you think we've devoted to Tua Tungavailoa over the past year now, Connor? Like, Oh, gosh. Probably, probably like 14 weeks worth. Oh, at least, yeah. Um, and for good measure, somewhat, that was, in hindsight, such a weird draft, right? Because mm-hmm. all, like, Joe Burrow comes out of nowhere, and, and this is where a little bit, this is where you sort of question football coaching and scouting in general, right? How does Joe Burrow, who is now the closest thing that we've ever seen to Tom Brady mm-hmm. um, as a player, just get completely passed over for a majority of his career, then emerge as the number one pick? And then Justin Herbert, who's like the second closest thing we've seen to like a mobile Tom Brady, um, w- one of the best processing minds in football, and there is no, give me, give me to a, uh, like, like, how does this happen? It it drives me. It, it's, it's crazy. It's the old, you know, it, you could go back to, uh, okay, well you have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Shouldn't everyone just be drafting guys who profile like Tom Brady? And it doesn't really work that way because obviously you want some level of traits in your guys coming out. And Joe Burrow isn't really a super traitsy guy. Obviously just his, uh, his functional athleticism. And uh, I, I think you pointed out in your cover story on Joe Burrow mm. uh, in Sports Illustrated, uh, his his functional athleticism and therefore his pocket movement is just absolutely perfect for the specific position. So while you wouldn't say, uh, I don't know, five years from now, say, uh, Joe Burrow's not working out, we're going to move him to receiver, that's, that's not really, I mean, he's probably going to work out anyway, but uh, he's not that kind of athlete, but he is athletically perfect for what they have uh, at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the, the make or break stuff to me is not in general, doesn't seem to be entirely consequential unless you're Miami and Miami is interesting, right? Because you're losing equity, you're losing draft capital, all the stuff that you built up over that tanking period, you have now largely gotten rid of there's nothing else there mike mcdaniel your hope is that if tua doesn't work out that he can be a first in line kind of guy to draw one of the big boy quarterbacks and you wonder with sean payton coming back into the league at some point and we'll talk about him in a minute um is that going to complicate the the line here because i think one of the the interesting thing you know matt rule came into the league right Mm -hmm. and he thought okay i'll get matt stafford and everything will be fine 
doesn't work that way. Like that deal was done way before you even thought about coming to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? And so can, if Tua doesn't work out, how does Miami replace him? Your first round pick has been donated, um, you know, to the NFL. And so there's not a lot of options there. I mean, at best you're looking at like a Jimmy G as your opening day starter next year, realistically. Well, or, or a Tom Brady. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's they're, true. They're kind of on the record on that pursuit. Uh, <laughs> out of the three guys here, and I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but the only, uh, I, I think, the only possible mid-season switch among these three guys is probably going to Teddy Bridgewater if Tua really does not work out. Uh, now, theoretically, he, you know, a lot of quarterbacks fit well in this. Uh, in the Shanahan style offense. But uh, if you are going to have Tua just doing quick game, quick game, quick game, I mean, that fits what he does. It, it should work out to an extent. And then it's a question of, well, you know, how much better do we need to get at this position to uh, to hang with the uh, sort, of, sort of the superhero type guys in the AFC? But yeah, uh, the, the other guy, Daniel Jones, I mentioned He's going to get the whole season to do this. I mean, the Giants are are not really looking at this as a year where they're going to contend. Brian Dable uh, obviously had a huge hand in developing Josh Allen. Daniel Jones is not near Josh Allen in terms of arm talent, but you can do some similar things with him as far as uh, mobility and run game stuff goes. He's not quite the power runner, but... Obviously, he's a guy who can who can be dangerous with his, le- with his legs. Uh, if you put in some designs that are actual, you know, designs, unlike what the Giants have been doing the last couple of years, maybe you have something here. Maybe you have something here as sort of a mobile point guard uh, type of guy, and perhaps that's enough going forward. I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be a guy we talk about as like an MVP candidate, but I think you can absolutely... Uh, turn him into, you know, what uh, Kirk Cousins type level, uh, sort of a plus game manager type of type of quarterback. And we'll find out this year if, if the Giants are on the right track with him. If they're not, uh, obviously, they have no, uh, you know, they have no commitment to him beyond, beyond this season. They'll probably be picking fairly high and it's time to move on to the next guy. I introduced this in my QB carousel post a few weeks ago, Gary, but how do you feel about the Giants moving on from Daniel Jones and in a bridge year experiment, bringing in the quarterback that Brian Dable recruited out of high school to a tug of Iloa. Boy, Woo! it would. I mean, look, if I'm starting a franchise today, uh, I'm taking Daniel Jones over over Tua. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's like. This is a very simplistic way of thinking about it, but it's like, well, Brian Dable just turned the most toolsy quarterback into the NFL into an unstoppable force. You kind of want him to have another toolsy guy. You don't want him to have to kind of manage around the shortcomings of uh, of either guy, but I think Tua Tungavailoa probably has more shortcomings than Daniel Jones does. Tua Tungavailoa is your local hardware store. Daniel Jones is Lowe's, right, in terms of tools. That's what you're saying. Oh, that's a, I, I didn't pick up on that right away. That was nice. That was good. Right? It's not bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Josh Allen is like the entire company of Harbor Freight, 
right? Yeah. Like he, he has more tools than we can even fathom. All of Arthur Blank's Home Depot stuff uh, just dumped <laughs> into, I don't know, uh, a small island nation. I like that. But you, we've talked about this, right? I think if there is, if, if I had to, of, of all the guys that you mentioned, of the last chance guys, if there is a hive in the NFL that appreciates one of these players in general above all the other ones, it's Daniel Jones. Yeah. I would say of the three of these anonymous, you know, offensive coach X is largely going to prefer Daniel Jones to any of these other two guys. Jalen Hurts is what Jeffrey Lurie thinks Russell Wilson is. And if he's not, then here's what I love and sort of despise about the Eagles. They have just been so unsentimental across the board. Mm-hmm. Like Doug Peterson wins you your first Super Bowl. All right, two years later, you're not on board. Get out of here. You know, Carson Wentz uh, brings you within and it gets an MVP consideration there. Uh, you know, I, all right, we're not thrilled about this. Get out of here. They're going to get rid of Jalen Hurts if they don't like him this year because I think they like their coaches. But if you're their coaches, they're also just going to get rid of you too if they don't like you. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I I guess it's almost a fair way to do it. Uh, you could go back to this time last year. I mean, they weren't in on Jalen Hurts. They were kind of like, yeah, you're our guy, but then sort of like looking past him to see what else was available. Uh, if they could get one of those vets, if they could uh, get some draft capital and move up. So, uh, my guess is, in all likelihood, all three of these teams have new quarterbacks last, uh, next year. Excuse me. Wow. Um, I think... Hertz has the highest ceiling here. Uh, I think Jones is probably the guy who sticks around. Like if you're, like you said, if you're going to bet on one of these guys who, I don't know, make uh, let's say a hundred starts after the season, Jones is probably your best bet. Uh, but yeah, I, I think all three teams probably move on at the end of the year, and they've all kind of told you to some extent that they're they're preparing to do that. You know who I could see Daniel Jones having an analogous career to? This feels very prophetic. Let's see if uh, if it's true or not. Let, let me test this out on you. Who do you mm-hmm. think? Who do you think I'm going to say? Oh boy, give uh, give me an give me an error. I mean, I threw out Kirk Cousins already. Uh, had a good uh, run, had an had an had a so so run as a starter. Kind of spent some time on the bench reemerged like a couple years later in the perfect offense like and a, became like a Nick Foles. Yeah. Okay. Right. All maybe right. like maybe a Nick Foles. What do you think? I mean, that's a very specific <laughs> comp there. Uh, Consider what Nick Foles accomplished. Yeah, I could. I, I guess I could see that. Nick Foles also played in two of the most fortuitous offensive waves in nfl history he played for chip kelly when no one could defend chip kelly Mm -hmm. and that was a thing by the way and uh he also played for the eagles when they were running an rpo game and no one was running an rpo game so there were some little advantages there but i could see him having like a folsian career like all of a sudden he lands in a place like oh you know it'd be great it'd be awesome to see him in like tennessee 
Yeah. Right? Like they bring yeah. him in, um, you know, you know, you just have him on the roster. He's kind of banging around a little bit. And then all of a sudden he comes in, someone gets hurt, you know, I don't know. That'd be cool. I hope the sixth storyline here is Chip Kelly. <laughs> no, but you and I are going to do a Chip Kelly pod one day. <laughs> what do you think about that? I know you're going to do it. <laughs> I, I'll I'll be here for it. I just want to talk about Chip Kelly with somebody. <laughs> I never felt so energized covering the NFL than when Ch- the Eagles hired Chip Kelly. Uh, it was really that, cool. I it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, my fifth storyline is or sixth storyline is Sean Payton. It's another coach. We kind of right. mentioned him a little bit earlier in the show. And for the people who don't think this is going to loom over everything this year, you're out of your minds. Like and he's going to be on like Amazon or whatever he's doing, Fox. Um, and they're going to do what TV people do, right? Which is like, ha ha, Sean, everyone says you're connected to jobs. And he's going to be like, I'm not even talking to those people. <laughs> it's not like, my, I'm not I'm not reporting this, but I'm just saying like, you can't believe that. You just can't believe that. I would guess that there are a lot of other coaches who are like, uh, is this guy looking over, does this guy want to come here? Because wherever he decides is going to be the place that he wants to live and the roster that he wants to control, unless it's New England, uh, unless it's Pittsburgh, I'm trying to think, Kansas City, there's like four rosters that I'm, you know, four owners who I'm thinking are probably going to say no, right? Yeah. I mean, who else is going to, like, look around the end? Like, if he came to the Giants and was like, I know you just hired this guy, but yeah, I would like to... uh, I would like to coach the Giants. They'd probably be like, well, shit. You know? Yeah. I don't know what we should do. Um, right? I mean. Yes. It would I be agree. like, it would be like, uh, you know, if just some great sports writer was just meandering around Sports Illustrated. And there's lots of great sports writers meandering around Sports Illustrated, but one mm-hmm. that wasn't working for Sports Illustrated <laughs> and just kept walking by the the football office and being like, yeah, I'd really like to like, I'd really like to cover football and then just looked at me and then walked away. I'd be uncomfortable yeah. the whole year. It'd be awful. If Jenny Rentis did that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I've spent a long time on Jenny's team. That's the, that's the place to be. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Connor, the time has come for us to unveil our predictions for this season. I I don't know. Mild spoilers, I guess, if you want to watch the games this year. Figure between the two of us, someone's going to be right. Yeah. Um, I Like I said to somebody, um, I was doing some, some radio interviews for the predicting all 272 games post, and... Um, the guy said, well, why do you do this? And I said, for people who don't want to watch a full season, I'm just telling you how it's going to end. Um, And that's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, Let's start with the awards and then we will get to our Super Bowl picks uh, and we'll go. I I don't know. I know the sounds are, I don't care about comeback player. (laughs) That's, that's not really a thing. Uh, And I'm going to say, let's, uh, that's the only one we'll skip. Do you know who my comeback player of the year is, though? Uh, I don't. I will guess Jacoby Brissett. I got I got boxed into this early. Mm-hmm. My comeback player of the year, 
because I had to do a hundred bold predictions a hundred right. days before the NFL season, mm-hmm. and so I had a I had a comeback player of the year there, and I couldn't move off it. Um, but I actually had Daniel Jones. Okay, nice. I picked Saquon Barkley. I guess we did do comeback player of the year, but I'm just not going to defend it. Yeah, I mean you don't have to. I'm not asking you to. I think okay. it's fine. I picked I picked Saquon Barkley in a lot of fantasy football leagues this year. Yeah, I did too. I'm kind of I'm if Saquon Barkley has a bad year and Lamar Jackson has a bad year and AJ Dillon has a bad year, then I'm I'm out an awful lot of money. Gonna be sad. Gonna mm-hmm. be pretty sad. Um all right, let's let's boogie though. What do you got? All right. Well, coach of the year. And this is tipping my hand a little bit on uh, on some of the team picks here, but uh, I'm going Brandon Staley. Yeah, me too. Woo! Oh yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't oh, know yeah. we were in agreement. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's that's a done deal. Uh, the two rookies. I don't want to unveil these separately. It's it's not a momentous enough uh, award here. And also, I just didn't like anyone. Uh, I really wanted to pick Kayvon Thibodeau, and then I had to back off because the. Uh, you know, the little knee injury that he suffered in the preseason here. Uh, offense, defense, I'm going with Garrett Wilson from the Jets just to be a little bit contrary and also because I do think he's the uh, he's the guy I would take out of this group of uh, offensive players coming to the league right now, aside from the offensive linemen. Uh, and I just went with Derek Stingley on the defense side of the ball because he was the best defensive player in college football a couple of years ago. Okay, I did. Um, I, well, I I like that. By the way, I think Derek Stingley in that Derek Stingley in that defense. Like a lot of people are not overwhelmed by the idea of having Lovey Smith as the head coach of the Texans. Mm-hmm. But if you're breaking in a corner, I do like having Lovey Smith as his head coach with some sort of a stake tied in his success because he is a good defensive coach. Yeah. He's been around the block. And I I certainly think there's a good connection there. Everything that I've heard about Sauce Gardner has been off the charts. Um, That was going to be my pick, but I think, and here's my, here's my gamble here. I did, I did Trevon Walker. And the reason that I did it is because I don't think the Jaguars can put him in a spot where he just fills a lot of holes for them. Yeah, like I think that they're going to have to generate production out of him, and I think that they're going to design a defense around him doing a lot of spectacular things. So if he has a Khalil Mackian rookie year, mm-hmm. um, I, like they're going to have to put that stamp on him. And for people that are rolling their eyes, there, head coaches can feature who they want to feature. You know yeah. what I mean? Like head coaches can head coaches can be like, okay, JJ Watt, you're the one to take the double teams, and Jadevian Clowney, you get to rush on the on the weak side. You know, they pick that. That's their job. And so you can make Trevon Walker a, an off- a defensive player of the year, or you can make him fill a bunch of unsexy gaps where he probably is better suited. But you're not going to do that if you took him number one overall and you're hoping to keep your job. I think that there's some kind of reality to that, right? Ah, uh, yeah, and. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I'd like to, I want everyone to succeed. I'm just a positive guy that way. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to be bummed if like Trevon Walker is just a really good quality player who does a lot of things well and is a bit of a role player for five years. And everyone just talks about what a bust he is because he happened to go first overall. Right. Right. It's something he had no control over. Yeah. Um, so my offensive rookie of the year, I went with one of the receivers 
not Garrett Wilson. I went with Chris Olave, and mm-hmm. the reason it's just who's going to get him the ball, right? And there are no real breakout sexy candidates here. Like it's you're depending on Carson Wentz, you're depending on Mitch Trubisky. Um, who else are we looking at here? Jared Goff. Whenever Jamison Williams is healthy, um, Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Even though I'm I'm sneaky in for a Joe Flacco revival yeah. this year, are you in? Are you on board with that? By the way, uh, no, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I think it'll be competent, but uh, but not not fun. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is gonna. I think he's gonna be pretty good this year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I th- I think that um, I I think you'll he's got the best complimentary receiving core. And I think he's going to be just open by virtue of being open more. Um, I think having Michael Thomas is going to help um, from a getting acclimated to the NFL standpoint. I think all this is going to be good. And James, Jameis Winston will be Jameis Winston. You know, he's, he's, he's going to get you there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go, let's go offensive player of the year first, because I feel like, uh, well, whenever I pick some over this, I just always pick the best non quarterback. Uh, because that's what the award should be at this point. Uh, I'm going Justin Jefferson. I think he gets a little bit of a bump in production with Kevin O'Connell getting there. I think they're just a little more. I don't think I don't think it was a bad offense that they ran uh, under Clint Kubiak. Uh, it's a good offense. It's going to be a variation of that offense, but uh, I just think everything's going to be a little bit better in it. And uh, I think that includes Justin Jefferson, who ends up having a uh, not quite what Cooper Cup did a year ago, but getting into that realm this year. I'm I I, w- I doubled back with Cooper Cup. I went with okay. Cooper Cup. Um, I I just think the offense, the Rams' offense, is always going to be good, and he's the biggest part of it. That isn't Matt Stafford, and as long as he can stay healthy. And that's a difficult position to stay healthy in because Cup is so tied into the blocking scheme there. But if he can stay healthy, I, I think I think this is off the charts. I think he just has another great season where it's just pitch and catch. And the way that Sean McVay runs the system by having him so intimately tied into the blocking scheme, there's always going to be natural openings created there. And so I think you're always just going to have a lot of shots with him, right? And so I, I think I think he's in a good place. Not to get too sidetracked with a guy who is not being honored in our awards in any way, but uh, when you also consider the fact that teams are going to have to deal with Allen Robinson. Yeah. Uh, gosh, it, it feels humiliating to say this now, but the year that Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson were both free agents, I was like, oh, give me Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I mean, you know, younger, he's 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 a more dynamic version of Allen Robinson. And obviously you see what Kenny Galladay has been through one season uh, without Matthew Stafford. And then you think about what Allen Robinson can be with Stafford uh, this season. And there is potentially going to be very few answers for this Rams offense if everyone stays healthy. Yeah, I, I think they're going to... Uh... I just think they're going to be so much better than they were last year. Uh, I think this is a and healthier for sure, um, but they're not going to have to struggle as much to sort of flip through the Rolodex to find another thing to be able to manipulate the defense the way that they wanted to. I yeah. think they're going to come out of the gate 
dictating the coverages that they want to see, it might lead to a much better, it might lead to a takeoff in the running game, to be honest with you. I was thinking about that the other day too, where they might just be able to run the ball down people's throats and everyone will talk about, oh, the Rams running game. You know, I could see that being something that happens, but um, yeah, I, I, Cup is just the straw that stirs the drink. I think uh, he's one of those like uh, brain meme guy picks for like the rest of eternity where even like when he's 40 there'd be like some pff guy smoking a pipe being like well actually even though cooper cup only had 11 catches he was the most <laughs> valuable player i don't i don't know why the person is like the you know winston churchill but you know oh man uh, <laughs> our accents on this show we we got to go to a workshop or something yeah, just you know, we'll we'll, we'll get it going. I, yeah, I, it's uh, if you haven't had to do it in a while, like I have no reason to do an accent. Are you running around kind of doing bits? No, we used to do a a high British accent for my mother, uh, for no reason. She doesn't have a British accent. It was just a way. I was of like, are you just making fun of your mom? Or? Yeah, just mocking her. <laughs> But that's kind of it. Uh, everything else, I, I do some pretty good specific Sesame Street impressions. But those are, I mean, those are specific impressions. That's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, you sound like you could be like any seven foot tall bird. <laughs> yeah, I think as a dad, it's critical to have some Sesame Street stuff in your repertoire. What's your strongest just out of consider? Uh, oh, out of er- Ernie, Ernie Embert. Okay. Yeah. Boy, I'd like to hear that. Um, I don't know if I ever will. I might secretly record <laughs> I, you doing it. I, I've got to. I've got to workshop them uh, before I, I before I break them out. I well, have to get into character, it. and then you have to get into. Like you would have to get into character, and then you would have to get onto the podcast, right? Yes. Yeah, you would need some time. Minor Cookie Monster. Um, I do a knockout Cookie Monster. Elmo, I do really good. Big Bird is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and But my strongest by far is, is Gonger. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Gonger I'm, is like, Gonger's my big one. I've never even tried Gonger. I mean, he kind of came on when my kids were aging out. And uh, my youngest has not jumped into Sesame Street yet. But um, He doesn't like the monster food truck? He doesn't really... Uh, I mean, the biggest issue we have is it's not on. It's not on when we're like during the, like that TV window we have in the morning. Yeah. But when we do put it on, I don't know. It's, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't capture him like, uh, like Daniel Tiger does. So. Or Daniel Jones. There you go. Oh, defensive. Oh, you know, before I get to defensive player of the year, I just also want to point out, I've also got to prepare some lines. Like, it's very difficult to just go into it. You couldn't be like, you couldn't be like, Cooper Cup's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. That That's not, see, you're right. I, I have to get into character, right? That was pretty good, though. It's it's not, though, because Gonger, you have to say very specific things, like crime barrels, you know? And mm-hmm. you have to have his, like, so, like, I've never, I could never imagine Gonger saying Cooper Cup. So it's it's just not, I would have yeah. to work that in somehow. Like, yeah. I'd have to say a bunch of words that Gonger already says and then start talking about Cooper Cup. You have you to know? send lots of suggestions over to uh, the Sesame Street workshop. Yeah, I could send them an email. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, 
we're worried defensive player of the year and i'm giving no one the satisfaction of of doing my uh ernie and bert but uh i'm going it's something of a lifetime achievement war excuse me lifetime achievement award for jalen ramsey here uh there there's not really great justification for it i don't think he'll win it even though i do think he is uh outside of Aaron Donald, as valuable as any defensive player in the league. And I think the fact that the Rams kind of keep running through these, you know, day three picks in their second year and running them out there opposite Jalen Ramsey, uh, I think people will notice that at some point. <laughs> the nice things that having Jalen Ramsey allows you to do is, as sort of a domino effect. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm going the opposite way, which is I'm, I'm just going back to Aaron Donald because mm-hmm. I think we have as a sports writing community just simply adopted the fact that Aaron Donald is very good without recognizing, I think, some of the schematic things that go into allowing him to be very good. I mean, he handles double teams better than any player in NFL history. He's on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest defensive players in NFL history. But Having Jalen Ramsey sure does help. I mean, it's, uh, you know, especially when they like to kick him out and he can pass, he can kind of be a little bit freer of a pass rusher and accumulate some of the sacks late in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely having Jalen Ramsey helps. I'm going with Aaron Donald because I feel like we are in a, a little bit of a vacuum right now where if you don't pick Aaron Donald, you're going to get shouted down. Okay. So you, so like you, so you kind of have to feel like you have to pick Aaron Donald. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay, MVP. I'm going Justin Herbert. I've Me talked too. A lot. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, this is, this is going to be it. It's going to be mind blowing. Uh, this is when Justin Herbert just kind of takes over the league. I think he's going to be absolutely unstoppable. Uh, even in an offense that is not as, it's not as, I don't want to say it's not quarterback friendly. It's just, Kind of in the, it's almost a variation of what you have with Joe Burrow, where he's kind of having to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and I think that does make it, in a way, more difficult to prepare for. But yeah, I think Justin Herbert is just going to take off. He reminds me a bit of Burrow, right? And I think Burrow just sort of, well, I think they both kind of took off the same year, although Mm -hmm. Herbert kind of took off just a little bit sooner, where they're 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 transcendent, right? I mean, they're they're a little bit scheme independent. Where I think a lot of these yeah. great quarterbacks are somewhat scheme. And and I would say, I don't know, is this controversial to say that I would say Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are maybe slightly less scheme dependent than a Patrick Mahomes? Is that controversial? Um, it's like, not controversial. If you put Patrick Mahomes. On the Bengals, with the Bengals offense, do you think that they go on that run last year? Probably. It but- would be, yeah, it would be really interesting. It, like, Mahomes out of structure, uh, creating is obviously great, and you get the spectacular plays. I don't know if you consistently get move-the-ball-down-the-field type plays from Mahomes. Like, I I, I feel like it, it just has a wider variance than it does with Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think both of them are maybe in offenses that don't necessarily, I'm talking about Herbert and Burrow, that don't necessarily maximize them 100%. And I think we would agree that Burrow specifically is in an offense that is difficult 
to yeah. operate in. Yeah. And they're both doing a really good job. And Herbert is another one of those guys where I just think it doesn't matter. That's a vanilla offense. He makes it Tabasco vanilla. How do you improve on vanilla? Vanilla peanut butter? <laughs> huh, just put some chocolate sauce on it. Chocolate vanilla? Yeah. 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 There you go. That's all you need. Don't need to overthink it. That's true. Sprinkles. Car- Before- carbob chips. <laughs> Wait, what? You say carbob chips? Is that how you pronounce it? Don't, I don't, even don't stop know what recording. It is. This is this is just this is this is ca- uh, car- carob chips. Do you, I don't know. I don't do you know what, what carob carob chips are? No, this is this is smidgens all over again. <laughs> it's a. Um, they look like chocolate chips. Um, they are they're they're from the carob pod. Um, it's sort of a sweet pulp that is dried, roasted, and then ground into a powder. What are you uh, talking about? It, it 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 is a caffeine-free, high fiber version of chocolate. I don't believe that. If you go to like a um you have like a yogurt store near you with where all the top you can throw all the toppings on frozen yogurt. Yeah, yeah. You have like a 16 handles. What do they got out there? Oh, yeah, we have 16 handles out here. You have 16 handles? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can you can get some carob chips. You carob throw them all chip. over that okay. yogurt. Yeah, throw I'm, them all I'm, over the yogurt. I'm looking at them. It seems like a really unnecessary thing to have in a world that already has chocolate chips, chocolate morsels. Just you know, maybe someone is just a little low on fiber, <laughs> but you still want chocolate. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not partaking in it. That's fine. I'm going to send you a box of that along with the smidgens for Christmas. The smidgens, gonna... uh, smidgens look good. I know that I'll Don't eat. Ah, oh, all right. The uh, the postseason predictions here. I guess before we get to Super Bowl, let's first. Do you have any bold playoff team predictions here? I mean, I put the Lions in, but like we've been talking about, I think that seventh seed in the NFC is just going to be someone not terribly good um i thought about the vikings but it was kind of more fun to pick the lions so i made them the seventh seed and and they'll lose in the first round i thought i i think it's gonna i didn't put the vikings but i think it's going to be the vikings um i i kind of have the car in my si predictions i have the cardinals kind of assing their way in at eight and nine as like the very last team because i i do think that they're gonna have a bad year and maybe that's my boldest take my and again, I'm I'm super high on the Eagles. I'm super high on the Ravens. I'm high enough on the Broncos. So I I don't think I have any necessarily bold takes. It's like me saying, hey, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, um, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson are all going to be in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I really have any shocking revelations here. But give me your – let's do our final four. Give me okay. your final four. Oh, by the way, I had the Raiders in too. I think that's something that's surprising. Uh, They're okay. the third AFC West team that that Fair. gets in. Fair. Uh so AFC Championship. I have uh the Bills hosting the Chargers. Mm. And then NFC Championship, I have the Packers hosting the Cowboys. Okay. I have the Chargers hosting the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the AFC, and I have the Packers hosting the Buccaneers in the NFC. Okay. 
Packers hosting the Buccaneers. All right. Uh, and who is your uh, who is your Super Bowl? I guess I'll go first. Um, I have the Chargers playing the Packers. I like that one. I have the Ravens playing the Packers. And I have the Ravens taken at home. Yeah, I have the Chargers being the Packers. I, I think it fits. I, I The NFC is inferior. In the AFC, you're just going to see better teams. You're going to consistently see better talent. And I don't know. I think the Ra- I have the Rams losing some some fluky games here. So, like I have, the, I, have the, I have the Rams getting stunned in the playoff opener, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be an interesting season for the Rams coming off the 21 games with uh, a not young roster. Right. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, that's the way it should be. The AFC should win the Super Bowl because if you combined uh, all 16 teams, like a, what, that, what would that be? Uh, 16 times 11, 176 on 176 game between the two conferences, uh, the AFC would win. But the last two years, the NFC has has won the Super Bowl. So, if the AFC is as good as we think it is this year, they should propose a secession. What do you think? Like a like we're we're going back to the to the Joe Namath days. You know, you guys didn't want us at the beginning, but we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to just being us, and then we'll see you guys later. Good luck that- calling yourselves world champs. That'd be awesome. Although they probably have to win more than one Super Bowl in a row before they can do that. Who would lead? Like Bill Belichick would be a good person to have on your team if you were legitimately trying to lead a secession, right? Like a football secession, or like you're or, talking about uh, being like a sovereign citizen at this point. Well, I mean, if Bill Belichick wanted like the Patriots just to become Notre Dame and they could play whoever they wanted, you know, oh. they could just secede from the NFL. Um, yeah. But it, I would want him to be my AFC spokesman if they decided to secede from the, the secede from football. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm trying to think who the weirdest, because he also might be the weirdest coach. Uh, I mean, Jack Del Rio would probably bring some en- unique energy to that um, yeah i mean he's probably got some thoughts on secession mm-hmm. uh gosh what if it was just like it was just like bones fossil <laughs> what if he was the guy who was just like everyone everyone come with me i love bones fossil as a i do he can, too he can coach my my special teams anytime he can be a head uh, coach he can he can be my head coach I would like it though if Bones Fossil was just privately stewing about an AFC secession for years, and then he was finally like, "Yes, now is my time. We're dumping the NFL, baby." And the AFC like <laughs> merges with the Alliance of American Football. That, see, that's that's when it gets interesting. Like, I want the I want those I, I you know I want the relegation. Uh, I want teams kicked out of this league and teams rising up from other leagues. And uh, it's time to spice because everyone knows parody at this point. Like everyone knows, uh, oh, anyone can, you know, worst to first and all this stuff. But it's the same teams. Right. It's the same thing over and over again. We need larger consequences for uh, for falling down. I think if the NFL should be like a like a like one of those funny fantasy football bets where like if an owner 
comes in last place, he has to spend the year in international waters and just isn't allowed to come back. <laughs> you know, you should have to, um, or you have to like give half of your wealth to uh, the like UNICEF or something like that. You know, like that you would have like that kind of stuff. You know, where it would legitimately affect their lives. I bet they'd be slightly more involved, and they'd Dan- probably spend a little bit more money. Dan Snyder is a. Uh already ahead of you on that international waters thing true anything goes remember the simpsons where they drank uh rubbing alcohol before their boat could get to international waters yeah was was that the monkey knife fight one yes oh yeah again that's late simpsons though yeah i know too late the MMQB NFL Podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Gramling. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Ravick is emeritus editor of the MMQB Super Bowl champion, Andrew Benoit, is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that. And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
for a limited time. Save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.